Centaurs with keytars, dogs see more than gray. Centaurs with keytars, have a fruitful day. <laughs> oh, those were the days. Hi, welcome to Centaurs with Keytars. Um, wanted to give a welcome to everybody listening, uh, everybody that listened last week, everybody that helped last week. Um, I didn't really give a proper goodbye or hello. I was just kind of uh, nervous from it being my first show. Now I feel like a, a big, big time pro. So um, I do want to thank the people that were involved. Um, no one wants credit for anything to do with this. So I'm going to use some pseudonyms that I think some of you at home will be able to figure out. Uh, I want to thank uh, Dirty Donald. I want to thank The Forest Pig. I want to thank um, Julio. I want to thank Denise Wink. Um, And this week, none of those people helped. So I want to thank Gregorius George. I want to thank Harvard Bill and... um, our first person speaking, um, her name is Cindy Billings, and I cut off her story last week. I did it on purpose as an auteur. Uh, it was going to be an editing uh, thing where I was like, uh, oh, and you have a story, and I was going to cut off, and you were going to think that I was a dick. But joke's on you. I'm playing it now, so I'm not a dick, so you can stop calling me a dick and tweeting at me. Hey, you're a dick. Stop being a fucking asshole to everybody, and I will. No, <laughs> sorry, I was thinking of uh, something else in my life. Uh, well, here we go. Early. Um, you have a story? Yeah. So <laughs> back when, um, almost ten years ago. Uh, in college, we live out at the lake. We've got this tiny little two-bedroom house, one bathroom. It's like maybe 800 square feet. I don't know. Okay. And so the bathroom is at the front of the house. You've got like a breezeway and then living room, our bedroom off the side, bathroom, and then okay. kitchen and other bedroom at the end. So it's like right in the middle of the house is the bathroom. Everybody's hanging out in the kitchen. Right. We're drinking. Lord knows what drugs were right. around at the time. And all of a sudden, I realized that I need to vomit. Mm-hmm. So I run to the bathroom, not even thinking about what you were thinking, which is it's right there next to the kitchen. And like, Well, experience. Yeah. Yeah, age and experience. Well, no, I mean, it, like, it happened so quickly that I could not even like put that thought process into it. So go into the bathroom, start throwing up, sit up. And I'm like, you know, trying to collect myself Mm -hmm. and like, so that way I can like, you know, wash my face, get back out there. Right. And as I'm sitting there, I can hear all my friends talking and I swear that I hear my best friend say something about like, oh my gosh, she's really throwing up in there. Maybe I should go check on her. Uh And I was like, oh God, please don't come check on me. Right. That's the worst. But then I hear somebody else say, oh no, you just want to go in there and see how bad it is and make fun of her. And I'm like, well, that's just terrible. Why did she do that? So I'm sitting in there, and I'm, like, hearing this whole conversation. Right. And I came out, and I started giving my friend shit and started yelling at her jokingly Uh. about how she was going to come in and check on me. And everybody stops and just stares at me because she didn't say a fucking word the whole time I was in there. I imagined this whole conversation that they were having about me throwing up in the bathroom. Oh my god. So I came out and it could have been cool, right? I could have just not said anything and uh-huh. nobody would have known this. Yeah. 
but now 20 people <laughs> in the bathroom imagining a conversation happening about me. Oh, my God. You just, like, none of none of it happened. None of it. Do you think there's just, like, fucking with you more? Was I it psychological? It could be, but I think I think by now, like, they would have told me, right? I probably... Because we tell this story all the time. Like, it's oh, yeah, then story, yes, then they would have told you by now. Yeah. Yeah, if they still, like, tell the story. Like, story that happened at a party right. all just a lie. Right, no. No, I don't, yeah. That'd be impressive if they could hold on to it. I wouldn't put it past him, honestly. Yeah. God, that'd be an impressive long con. But no, I think, yeah, I think you just <laughs> imagined it. No, I definitely did. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. I've got a few silly questions. It's okay if you guys didn't prepare any silly questions. No, let me lead off. Oh, okay. You can lead off. You are trapped in an elevator. Okay. For a very long, like an undetermined amount of time. You don't know, but it's going to be a while. Four minutes. What person are you, uh, you know, famous person so that, you know, don't just say Steve. Um, what, What person are you trapped in there with? What person do you do you want to do more than just have a conversation with, but share a too small personal space for a long time? Now we're like making long enough. Yeah. You're going to have to have a pee corner. Now we're taking this. We're taking out any sex stuff with this, right? This is just a time. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it would have to be consensual. So don't don't back <laughs> up your. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Natalie Portman is not going to be interested. Okay. I mean, she doesn't even know me, but... <laughs> I feel like if she just met me. Mm-hmm. Well, I wouldn't do that, though. She's she's married. That's mm-hmm. not. Um, get your own pee corner. So as far as you know, when you're in the moment, you're never... You're going to die here. No. No, we don't have okay. to go to a dark place here. But you're going to be in there for a long time. You're going to smell each other's farts. Like, you're okay. going to... Who who uh, who seems like the coolest person? I meant you're going to be raptured, there. You, you you could be raptured. Okay. And then what would happen to your pet? Brought hmm. to you by <laughs> our sponsor this week. Huh. Like someone who would tolerate my farts, or you take it, you take it however you want. So we would. Is it like a most? The person we would want there the most? Yeah, it's up to you. I So, you know, it's hard to come up with a question like that without also thinking of an answer. Right. Um, and I went Ellen Page, actually. Oh. Because I feel like she just gets it. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever it is. And so you're in an elevator. It's going to be gross. I feel like she would... Like, what, what's her show on... on is it HBO? The Gaycation? I've not watched a ton of them. Oh, Every is it? I do like she just seems able camping? to adapt to whatever is happening at that time, um, and so I feel like you know what she 
she's a good actress. When I when I've seen her on the show, she's smart. She's got a sense of humor, whatever. But uh, she just seems like she gets it. Like she wouldn't be the one who'd be like, "Oh my God, why are you doing that? We're in here for I don't know how long." Right. I feel like she gets it. Go Ellen Page. Okay. I think I'd try to change the world. So maybe I'd pick, like, I don't know, a prolific person with lots of power and maybe, like, talk to them, but... But if I did, then... What if I said the wrong things and changed it for the worse? So then... Then my mind thinks I... I should pick someone of less consequence. And keep in mind that about half the people that to death in his butthole so you can't yeah. choose him <laughs> I think I'd go with The Rock mm. He'd be the that is a best. solid choice and if you're gonna get out of it alive not that, right, not that he like change the world or something but yeah exactly like if we're gonna escape prematurely yeah, that, that's he's the one who's gonna do it for sure yeah Yeah. I uh, I saw it, and not, not my joke but I saw somewhere that uh, someone had postulated he made a pact with the devil and that pact was you can become you you can you can change your personality from a pro wrestler to this beloved actor that everybody loves uh and i don't love the guy's movies but he's always entertaining in them and he does seem like the kind of guy that if you met would be a really just nice guy right he comes off as that anyway but the the the, the deal is that he can become this internationally famous beloved personality but he has to change his name from the the rock to Dwayne Johnson <laughs> That's the monkey paw yeah. curse. <laughs> you can no longer be The Rock. Yes. Which, and I mean, we'll, that's... we'll ease you into it. You can go from The Rock to Dwayne The Rock Johnson, but The Rock has to eventually disappear. But one way around that is it has, and you literally just said The Rock. So even though he's not going by The Rock, he is still The Rock. So, so he has won. <laughs> <laughs> he's the Sandstone? Even though it's for oh, San- yeah, amphitheater. Okay, Sandstone. yes, okay. it's still Brick Town instead of whatever cell phone provider they named themselves after. Uh, cricket. Sure. Okay. What was uh, what was his breakout role for you? For me, it was um, be cool, the pseudo sequel to Get Shorty. Well, so he he kind of took a Leonardo DiCaprio sort of path for me. Like I refused to watch it because it was him, and pro wrestling was never my thing. And Leonardo, you know, um, but eventually, like you hear enough good things and and whatever. And and for me, it's really ironic because I think the first movie I really watched him in was like Fast and Furious Five or something. One of the, I I don't remember a whole lot, but I remember in the movie he broke his arm and he had a cast. But he was needed, and so he removed the cast by flexing his arm, <laughs> and it exploded <laughs> off of his arm. I was like, you know what? He seemed pretty self-aware in that movie. Uh, and then, you know, I've watched other movies that have him in it, like the one with uh, uh, Stifler. Oh, so, The Rundown. The Rundown. Damn it, that's a, that's a really entertaining movie. It, it's not winning any awards, but it's a really entertaining movie, and every time I see him, it's the same thing. I may not love the movie, but he's he's pretty fun to watch. He is. Um, so yeah, I'd watch him for an indeterminate amount of time. In an elevator. He has a lot of <laughs> muscles. You could just have him show you all the muscles, and eventually you'd run out of time. <laughs> I wonder how... 
I heard something, well, two things. One, I heard something on a, another podcast. Actually, I heard on two where they need to have a moment in one of the movies where one character meets his character for the first time and just goes, Jesus Christ, you're a large man. Like, <laughs> it's just like, it was the same thing they were saying about like Schwarzenegger, you know, if you're like kindergarten cop or like twins, where it's just like, good Lord, are you, are you from another dimension? So I wonder if you would. It seems impossible. So I wonder how the elevator situation would like, how much of the elevator he would really take up. The other, other end of the spectrum, you said twins or Schwarzenegger. Yeah, Schwarzenegger. Yeah, Dan DeVito. Like, how is he the same Ooh. species so, as the rock <laughs> That might be my elevator answer, actually. So, you know, as far as sharing an elevator with Danny DeVito would go, and this is one of my all-time heroes. <laughs> yeah. And he wasn't he wasn't this until Always Sunny. Always Sunny is what elevated him from like he's pretty funny to oh my god that man is amazing and everything he touches is gold. Um, but I do feel like normal Danny DeVito is fine. Elevator Danny DeVito starts to smell really bad really fast. <laughs> yeah, he's an older man, so he would probably right, sweat. Right. I mean. Any man would sweat. I've seen his ass in Always Sunny, and it, it does not look like it smells good. Oh, now I'm thinking of that. Did you see the Christmas special when he was in the couch? Right. Yeah, and yeah, okay, 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 okay. Like, the conversation hmm. would be amazing. What's the uh, What's the game that Charlie and his Charlie play? McDennis? No, isn't it? Oh, Nightcrawlers. 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 <laughs> Do they ever explain what that is, or are you just left no. to your own imagination? The blankets could be the dirt, though. <laughs> <laughs> Find out on your next elevator ride. Uh, I can't think of a good answer. I'm going to go with Danny DeVito. I st- I'd risk it. I'd risk it. I'd have a story. I'm proud of the, the cop-out level of that answer. How's that a cop-out? You can say it, Mike's headed. I didn't mean to feed it to you. Oh. But I answer. Yeah. When I give a test, I'm always careful to tell my students who are interested in cheating. Yeah, to go for it? That I'm not interested in what your neighbor knows, because your neighbor is mm. going to tell me what they know. I'm interested in what you know. I would have thought, see, if I, I were... can't see the disappointed father mm. look that I'm giving right now, but I'm trying well, my best to give a disappointed father look. But if I have the right answers, I would still get an A, right? I don't have a witty retort there. Yeah. I think if you're uh, taking his answer away from him, you're giving him the green light for Natalie Portman. <laughs> so, I mean, if you want to... Isn't, is that how consent works? For Harvard education. Um, things like that. She would be very interesting in, yeah. in the yeah. elevator. Oh, I think she'd be very annoyed by me. <laughs> I think she, I think it would be the same, like, roles reverse. If I was in the elevator with Danny DeVito, that I would be very entertained for, like, the first 30 minutes, and then I bet Danny DeVito would get really annoying after 30 minutes. I think the same thing with Natalie Portman. I think she'd be like, oh, a commoner. Oh, let's see his interesting tales. Oh, wow. And then she would just be like, 
I think she would like be banging on the door to get open this door. I think she'd probably risk like cutting herself in half escaping from the elevator. You're that lady in Star Wars, right? The, the good Star the, Wars hey, 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 uh, I saw you in that movie uh, Closer. snacks that I've really been enjoying lately uh been uh, carrot cake bites oh boy those carrot cake bites um everybody's talking about them everybody uh uh just getting in on that uh if you love carrot cakes cake and you love uh uh snacks um these little bite-sized carrot cakes tonight carrot 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 <clears throat> mm. I'm sorry Okay, carrot cake bites. Oh boy, these are just so good. If you love, if you love carrot cake, and you need something to snack on, that's just 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 makes you mouth water. Carrot cake bites are my favorite um, snack. Um, just grab a pouch, put it in the microwave for five minutes. Um, after two minutes, you'll want to open it up and you'll, um, you don't take it out of the pouch. Don't do, do not take it out of the pouch, uh, for the first two minutes. And then after two minutes in the microwave on, um, medium high, uh, you'll open the package and then you'll, uh, you'll like get a fork and you'll poke about four holes in it. And then you'll put it in the microwave on um, low for another two minutes. Um, then you open up the microwave. Uh, and then you turn it on its side. Uh, and then you slit, get a knife, and you slit all, um, a little opening, your little one-inch opening uh, into another side of the carrot cake bite. Put it on the microwave, cover it for a minute 30 on high this time. And then after a minute 30, you will uh, go... Turn the, the, the carrot cake bite back on its original side. Um, take the cover off. Put the wrap back on it. Um, put it in the microwave for another three minutes on uh, medium. Make sure it's on medium. And then, boom, instant quick classic. Um, I've heard a lot of people. My experience with carrot cake bites has been fantastic. I have lost 18 pounds in the month that I have been um, eating carrot cake bites. Um, I mean, I've also kind of had like a cold and, um, sweats at night, um, running fever, um, very, uh, dreams that are very vivid, um, and reflective and, and sorrowful, uh, with, uh, people from my past that I have uh, not spoken with in a very long time, uh, very vivid, um, uh, difficult swallowing, um, you know, I, I think these are all great byproducts. Uh, ingredients are, if you are a fan of the periodic table, um, reading the ingredients is a wonderful pastime. Um, so carrot cake bites, how do you get, how do you get these, how do you get these and how do you, do you want to get them for a discount? That'd be great. Uh, I know a way. 
you can go to carrotcakebites.biz uh, and there's a promo code area. It's kind of tough to find. Um, and I don't actually, I still have to call the consumer service number, which is also hard to find, uh, in order to figure out where to get the uh, promo code area. But once you get to the promo code, put in Centaur, that's C-E-N-T-A-R. Make sure that you put it in like that. Uh, it's the incorrect spelling. Uh, it won't accept the correct spelling of Centaur. And you put that in uh, for the promo code to get 5% off your next order. So, ooh, Carrot Cake Bites, if you want to have a fun, healthy snack that will help you lose weight immediately, um, this is the way to do it. Um, 18 pounds and counting. Um, you know, a little dizzy, a little nauseous. I'm not comfortable driving. Um, so you may want to have, uh, your lift app on your phone when you're eating it. So, uh, if you have to go anywhere, uh, I would not recommend driving. Um, and if you, but if you, I'd say probably don't go anywhere cause you're going to want to sleep for about four to six hours after you have these. It's just the perfect little, 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 little thing that puts you to sleep. Um, I'd probably use that ahead of like sleeping pills. Um, just it's, it's, Ooh, so good and so tasty. And everybody is talking about these carrot cake bites. So go to the website now so you can go eat these up and then be ready to conquer the world after your six hour nap. Um, and you start the vertigo goes away. And once I'd say once you can take five safe steps you're ready to go conquer the world or you're ready to grab another bite of carrot cake bites. Yeah. So this is, this is two truths and a lie right essentially but it's uh four or three truths in a lie so i've got four items one of them is legit three of them are fake okay uh these are all quotes from notable americans okay uh, and because they're quotes and it's history and they're notable americans they're all racist so we're gonna get it, <laughs> okay we're gonna get it really good okay um i'll hit you with four quotes and then you try to pick which one is the fake one okay all right. Uh, the first one is kill the Indian in him, save the man. Nice and nice and uh, succinct. The second is slavery is instead of an evil, a good, a positive good. All right. Number three, there is nothing so degrading, so insulting to the natural order as the mixing of the white race with that of an inferior genus. Okay. And finally, Chinese civilization is demoralizing and degrading to our people that they degrade and dishonor labor and that they can never become citizens. Three of those are real, so that's the awesome part. One of those is made up. So three were said by famous, notable people. Americans. Uh -huh. Americans, okay. One of them was said by me. Please know that uh, I, was, I was making that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 
Can you read them again? Because yes. I thought, I'm sorry, I thought there was going to be a name after the quote, so that's my bad. No, I kind of thought that the name would give it away too easily. Okay. All right. So the first one, number one, kill the Indian in him and save the man. Feel real? Feel fake? Unfortunately, that feels real. That feels real. All right, number two. Slavery is, instead of an evil, a good. A positive good. I actually... I'm pretty confident that one is real because I remember my mom telling me about... And so she was born in like 47, so this would have been high school, like mm -hmm. in the 60s, where the de she had to take debate, and the de one of the debate topics, and this is in like Kansas... And so this is was like the pros, so it was like the early 60s. Yeah. So it was like you had to argue the pros and the cons of slavery. <laughs> um, I mean, and the pro, I mean, the pros are pretty, it's free labor, but um, the cons. Kansas is always confusing because they start off as like the first combative free state. Like they had the, they had this mini civil war there. Uh, and and the, the the free staters won, and you know it's John Brown and bleeding Kansas, mm -hmm. and, and it was sort of this like liberal bastion on the southern border. And holy crap, if it's not amazingly different now than it was when wow. it first became a state. Yeah. All right. Um. So that's two, and two feels real. Un so, so unfortunately, feel I mean, real. they're all gonna unfortunately, I feel like feel they, real. They feel so real. and so I I'm gonna take pride in being able to write write something that sounds like a 19th century racist well yeah i mean mm -hmm. this is your bare not, bones it's not like you're not you're leading like neo-nazi rallies so this <laughs> this is history all right so here's number three okay there is nothing so degrading so insulting to the natural order as the mixing of the white race with that of an inferior genus Okay. Uh, four, last but not least. Uh, before we move on, now keeping in mind that, like, it was illegal for a white dude and a black dude to get married in Virginia until that Loving Virginia case. They made a movie about that not long ago. Black man and white woman? Uh, it doesn't matter. Either. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was illegal for races to mix in marriage. Okay. Uh, four, last but not least. Chinese civilization is demoralizing and degrading to our people. That they degrade and dishonor labor, that they can never become citizens. Uh, the third one, the genus one. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the fake one. Got a reason? Got justification or is that um, just the the stuff like on the Chinese one? I just remember like just vague little things that pop in. Like the only thing I remembered was like the reason that like Chinese restaurants had like a boom was because in like the early 1900s, like they couldn't. There was like some legal loophole where like they couldn't run or own any businesses except like Chinese food. Or maybe laundromats. Maybe I'm just being racist. But I just like stuck in my head some like weird loophole like that. Um, the third one is 
the longest. It's it's worded very well. I feel like it was it was trying to hide with the other ones, but it was okay. a little it, too it sophisticated. Was, it's trying to blend in too hard. Yeah. Well, number one was Captain Pratt. That's actually a super famous quote. Um, okay. Kill the Indian, save the man. That's one that uh, the people have heard of a lot. He actually ran um, a place called the Carlisle School. The Carlisle School. And it was like a, an okay. assimilation for they would take little kids from Native American tribes and teach them how to be more white. Um, so that oh. one's legit. Okay. <laughs> Number two yeah. is Senator John C. Calhoun. That one's real too. Um, he was a U.S. Senator when he said that, but he was like vice president for a couple of different guys. and It was a real thing. Uh, quote three is me. Yes! So totally fake, nicely done, well handled. Thank you. I mean, it was well worded. That kind of actually hurt you. It was... It was too good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nice use of genus, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I, uh... Big I ups to you on that. When I'm pretending to be racist. Um, and then number four was a former attorney general arguing against, um... I, I don't really know the, the exact situation that you were describing, but... In the late 1800s, early 1900s, it was illegal for Chinese uh, people to immigrate to the United States. It was this thing called the Chinese Exclusion Act. And he was testifying before Congress as to why Chinese should not be allowed into the United States. Let me ask you a question mm-hmm. as a history nerd that you are. I'm uh-huh. not. I'm um, going to get it wrong, so let's get excited. Well, it's more of like just a question about how of like... I know not well because I don't like the conversation to go long enough to know them well, but like historic <laughs> historians or let me okay, amateur historians, uh people who have read a lot, but also have kind of an effed up you were telling yeah, you like a historian that you ran an amateur historian that you ran across mm-hmm. a month or a month and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. how does that, well, what is your opinion on how that happens? So, history as, as, a, as a subject has gone a few different directions. Like, when we were in high school, when we were high school age, um, I don't know about the history teachers you have, but for me it was always presented as just this series of, like, factual events and the dates that they had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, since then, I think... Broader than just academics, people have have taken a history as being not subjective necessarily, Mm -hmm. but uh, something that changes. Like, you you know, something new comes to light. You read someone someone else's diary from the other side, and it sort of changes the perspective of, you know, whatever. And so uh, people have taken it to be this, like, subjective thing, but they've taken it so far to the point where it's like, history is whatever you want it to be, and it's not. Um, and I, I think that's a big part of it. I think, uh, you know, <laughs> the conversation about history is always going to hurt when the first sentence out of someone's mouth is, well, you know, history is written by the winners. Cause you always know that whatever <laughs> is going to follow that. And, you know, if you're talking to someone else who's, who is well-read and well-versed and whatever, that's true to a degree, it's true. Uh, but whenever... And you're talking to somebody whose history education all came from the History Channel mm-hmm. and uh, FreedomEagle.net. Um, 
it, it's going to be a hard conversation. You're gonna you're gonna hear some crazy, some Alex Jones level crazy. Yeah, yeah. So is it? Because like, I have not a lot, but a few books where it's from. Like a couple of them are like autobiograph autobiographies or memoirs or whatever from like Nixon people. And mm-hmm. I'm not reading like I haven't read them yet. I have a, like I've read like five percent of my books. And probably when I die, it'll be like 7%. So, but I I don't, I have like two from like guys and Nixon's crew or whatever mm-hmm. who were convicted. One was, I know one was John Dean. Um, the other's some other jackass. Um, and I didn't buy those because I'm like, oh man, I want to know the right way that this happened. It's about perspective and seeing it from yeah. like um, how they saw their role if they have any regret or if they thought that they had like a greater greater good like you kind of hear that you heard that with um when like woodward was was talking about that fear book and there was a lot of stories about Mm -hmm. you know the the domestic violence guy who like came out as as one of the like quote-unquote like heroes it's like we're you know taking things off his desk to like protect our country and it's like Okay, it's like we're not gonna we're not gonna run him out of office, but we're gonna keep you safe. Well, you know, to me, one of the one of the really interesting things is like, and, and as far as Nixon goes, really the only reading I've done is Woodward and Bernstein. Sure. Um, the final days, man, it sounds like it was just lunacy there. But regardless, I think one of the things that's important to remember when you're reading, especially like an autobiography. Is I don't think anybody views themselves as the villain, right? Even sure. if they're even if they're wrong. Um, well, villains don't view themselves as the villain. That's what like I the, mean. Hitler wasn't the bad guy to himself, for sure. Um, that is some of the subjective side of it, I think, because everybody believes that they're right. Um, and and you know when you find out that you you might not be, you either change the way you're doing things or ignore whatever it is that you've been presented with, right? You find a justification. But nobody thinks they're wrong. Nobody thinks they're the bad guy. John C. Calhoun thought that slavery was a positive good when he said that, didn't he? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not like my first thought. It was like Cobra Commander. You know, it's not like a snake man who's like, let's who's, who's basically, if he was a real person, would be like, Let's kill those soldiers. Every week we're going to try. <laughs> you know, that. so like the, the Netflix series on Marvel, or the, the Marvel series on Netflix, mm-hmm. one of the things that they've done a really good job on is making like a fleshed out villain. Mm-hmm. At least for most of them is relatable as a person, right? Like uh, that, that's what makes a compelling show. I think... Uh, not having villains be Cobra Commander, you know. It's better for storytelling. I mean, like, Kingpin's a compelling villain. Um, I mean, he wants to tear down, basically, Hell's Kitchen in order to, you know, reform it in a way. But he thinks his reform is... It, I mean, that's how he sells it to get laid. I mean, that's, that's my... Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think somewhere he believes that, but it's also with a lot of these... You know, a lot of politicians or leaders or whatever it's like well there's no problem with like 
making a profit as well. Or, and then areas get gray. Not that I even agree with the areas that they're going, but that just seems to happen. Like, it just seems like if they're skewed with that, they're also skewed with, like, doing it for the greater good and not yeah, making a, any money on it. There's a big disconnect, I think, uh, that happens when you start to hit rungs of power. When you, when you get to those levels, you frequently forget what it's like to not be there um yeah uh, that was that was in the early republic that was one of the big debates about politicians uh, it was never intended to be a job like they they really debated on how much they should pay congressmen and senators and one side wanted to pay them almost nothing mm -hmm. because it shouldn't be a rewarding process it should be your civic duty that you do you know, like a soldier serving, it, it, it's something you do to serve your community and you do your time and you do your best and then you leave. And then other people were like, well, that's really embarrassing. Uh, you know, when foreign dignitaries come to visit and they, they come and they look and they see congressmen living in squalor because we're paying them nothing. And yeah, there are arguments to be had on both sides, but uh, I don't think it was ever intended to be a career. Were there ever term limits for, like, congressmen? No, not... Um, there were, uh, it was, it was the early 20th century before senators were directly elected. It used to be that congressmen, the, the House of Representatives elected their senators. So senators were oh. more accountable to the, the House than they were to their <laughs> constituents. That's comical now. Yeah, that's pretty dope. <laughs> hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. I am actually starting my own podcast. As you know, Wait. it's always been a dream of mine to have my own podcast, but only about the Space Jam versus Blue Chips podcast. Oh, For yeah. Every episode, I bring on a guest panel, and we just break down the hypothetical matchup, matchup of if the team from Blue Chips played the human team of the Monstars. Who would win? Of course, it'd be the Monstars. That's the most ridiculous thing I've. They're professionals. Ever. They're they're professional okay. basketball so players. Podcast, I will spend one hour <laughs> absolutely dismantling that argument, mm -hmm. and then I'll take another hour to reassemble it in a better form. I I I, I could I could talk about this for days, and I will on the podcast. Space Jam versus Blue Chips. Now these are the actual athlete. These these are like you're not talking about the monsters themselves. I mean, I don't want to get too much. I don't want to give away too much. I want like people to be kind of in a state of like awe, you know, when they go into it. But mm -hmm. I mean, I will say I don't want to talk about the cartoon monsters. Okay. Like, that's the one thing I just it's just a, it's a it's a no go. The, the actual cartoon versions of the monsters, that's their persona non grata on my podcast. But I will say I would be willing to talk about the actual human players or the movie version of the human players in the movie, like the characters they're playing on the screen. Okay, so you are... Because I would say that Patrick Ewing, Larry Johnson... Sean, Sean Bradley, Muggsy uh, Bogues, uh, and Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley. Versus the characters 
in blue chips. Neon Badeau. <laughs> uh, yes. I don't remember what Penny Hardaway's name was, which is pretty bad because I'm not into the podcast. Yeah. Um, but Penny Hardaway's character, mm-hmm. um, which McCray, that white kid who could shoot threes, basically like uh, young Larry, or young Larry Bird, and um, or a young Kevin McHale or Detlef Schrempf. Tony who failed TV. Tony who failed TV is a point guard. And Tony who failed, Tony who failed TV was like a legit good player before, you know, Nick Nolte took Pacific University and started paying players. Like, that was already a pretty good... You're player. shaving points! <laughs> You're shaving points! How do you fail TV? <laughs> How do you fail TV? I mean, it's Charles Barkley. I think it probably is Larry Johnson. But like, so seven foot, just absolutely jacked and stacked grandmama is going to be your shooting guard. The dude who just absolutely ferociously muscled people around the paint. You're going to be like, yep, you're going to be the number two choice to bring the ball up the court. I I think so. I'm trying to remember Charlotte Hornets, uh, Larry Johnson. Um... Just go play NBA Jam and just play as the Charlotte Hornets and just punch the shit out of people. That's basically <laughs> the way the Charlotte Hornets play basketball. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, it's just, I mean, it's absolutely absurd. I know, like, the director was just working with whoever they could get, and I was like, this makes <laughs> little to no sense. Oh, man. I, I would argue Barkley has to be the point guard, the, the, the shooting guard, because he, uh, He's the next, like, he's only, like, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, right? Like, Kobe was 6'8". I know he's not Kobe, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know who, I mean, okay, so then you have, what, two power forwards who pretty much are kind of the same, mm-hmm. and then Sean Bradley just kind of, like, <laughs> walking around like an int from Lord of the Rings? Like, what the fuck is that lineup? I mean... Yeah, I agree with that, but it's also they're professional basketball players versus how many of those blue chip players are going to be, would you say, are NBA caliber players? Like th- three? They're all so. Not all of them. Not all of them. In the movie. In the movie, three of them are quite literally blue chip recruits. I don't know if you've ever figured this out. That's why they call it blue chips. Hmm. I wanted to call the movie McDonald's All Americans. <laughs> That's actually, I would, I would love it even more. <laughs> I would, I would, ba da ba ba ba, love it even more. Hello. Oh, did you just come up with that? 
Good work. Thanks, man. All right. All right, well, let's save the rest of this for when I start my podcast. Okay, well, it sounds like a poor idea, but um, good luck. It's, uh, dude, we just talked about it for five minutes. We haven't even scratched the surface. We haven't even gotten into lineups. We haven't even gotten into, like, coaching. Like, well, it's... the Monstars coach is Danny DeVito. But I guess, like... See, that's the, let's see, that's the, that's the, well, but I guess he's their coach, because he's the one who puts them together. Well, that's where reality and fantasy interlock. Yeah, they really collide in that moment. Mm-hmm. But then, for the Blue Chips, you get Nick Nolte, just drunk and screaming. So you get there's Nick like, Nolte. There's whole, whole mind games for the coaches. Um, where do they play? Mm-hmm. Like, is it site? Do they play a home game at Pacific? Do they play a home game in the ch- in the gym where uh, Michael Jordan meets the the Monstars real form players with Wayne Knight there? Do they then go to a neutral site for the rubber match? I don't know. There's more questions than answers, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I mean. It sounds like a fine podcast where you would just get destroyed because it's obviously the Monstars. But I hope you're recording all of this. Though. I am recording all of this. Good. This is this is this is what you need right here. This is this is what you just before you. This is podcast this, gold, baby. Yeah, you just call this. Just I know you bought the domain, but just go out and buy Monstars because <laughs> this is this is the real show, man. Okay, see ya. Alright, I'll talk to you later, buddy. Alright, bye. bye. As you can probably tell, that recording was the uh, last one from a couple weeks ago. Uh, since then, the uh, Blue Chips played the Monstars and lost. Final score 248 to 13. They did have to stop the game in the third quarter because the Blue Chip players, who were children, were crying and sobbing uncontrollably. So. Uh, we'll have to table that uh, podcast discussion, the spinoff show of the Blue Chips versus the Monstars. Uh, I want to thank everybody for uh, listening to this show. Um, I know after last week it was uh, difficult, and I appreciate everybody's efforts. Um, I want to give a quick shout-out to all the people who um, anonymously agreed to help me out, um, but also people who agreed and hopefully will agree um, music that you heard earlier was from uh, Pamper the Madman. Uh, they are playing a show tonight in Kansas City at the Brick, uh, February 15th. Um, that song uh, was She Showed Up off their self-titled album. That's Pamper the Madman. And we're going to close out tonight's show with Francis and the Foundation from their album Nothing is Perfect, Everything is Fine. Uh, song hey man hey if you want to catch francis and the foundation which is a kick-ass live show uh next time that you can see him would be march 8th in nashville tennessee uh at the east room uh before they start uh going on tour so uh thank you everybody